Hello there, I'm Arabet. At the end of season one, the barrister and solicitor, Nari Hulu, disappeared from the city of Belimina. So began the dream job. This mystery was pursued by his sister, Ziva Hulu, who used her necromantic intellect to force the fetch Jobsworth out of the living world, revealing that Nari was missing. Convincing Calder and Arabet and Timote that Nari was in trouble and in the dreaming through magical means, Ziva and the party sought information about Nari's predicament. Investigating Nari's house, Timote, Arabet, and Ziva discovered the broken mirror and quickly deduced that Nari was in the mirror. Calder and Ziva worked to repair the mirror and find the key to open it. Ziva and Arabet managed to find a snail from the Jobsworth fetch remains that turned out to be a key component of the mirror, the lock itself. Taking a moment to rest and recoup, Ziva and Arabet struck out across the thieves' highway for an afternoon of food and Bailimina color. Timote was ambushed by halflings and nearly died. Returning to Calder's warehouse, he made use of Mr. Stitch's famous cure-all to recover. Everyone journeyed into the warehouse looking for Calder. Calder was revealed to be a dragon, leaving both Arabet and Timote stymied. Calder nearly killed himself in discovering the mirror is made of magical living materials and harnessed the energies of his thalmo and cabulator to heal the mirror. Timothée is contacted by Nari through the dreaming, and during a lesson on haberdashery, Timothée is given the plans for the dream job's successful preparation and conclusion. Timothée is invested as a clerk of Starkweather and Fair. Timothée comes to the realization, with a little pointed prompting from Arabet's rapier, that his life is at a crossroads and will never be the same. With her friend's life on the line, Arabet contracts with the deviously delightful Delilah to take care of the Lost Acre and the party's business while they are gone on a mission of indeterminate length. Delilah agrees with the caveat that Arabet returned to her an unbroken heart. Arabet agrees. The group gathers at the warehouse and Arabet picks the magic lock of the repaired mirror, an interdimensional gate. The party is pulled into the dreaming almost as soon as the lock is picked to their initial surprise. Their carefully prepared baggage and equipment, of course, failed to make entrance. Preparing to repel the unknown agents coming toward them, they are surprised when the Red Caps and Pucks take the knee to acknowledge Ziva as a personage of high status. The unassuming Ziva is schooled by Calder and the fine art of savoir-faire and the upper class that their escort assumes she is. Arriving at the Violet Villa, Currently under siege by the Crimson Count, the party discovers that, here in the dream, Ziva is the Violet Vicomtesse Jr. A grand feast is prepared and a peace talk arranged between the Fey Elders, least of which is the Violet Vicomtesse Sr. Have we forgotten about Nari? Not at all. Nari is lost in the dreaming for seven years, first acting as the warlock of Kern, the steadfast companion of the Duke Galloglass. The two romp across the seasons of the dreaming in pursuit of the boogeyman, until one night, Jobsworth appears and switches places with Nari. Nari is reminded that his sister needs him. He runs and becomes the boogeyman he has been chasing whilst Jobsworth becomes the Warlock of Kern and pursues the boogeyman Nari with the Duke Galloglass. 
Join us now for episode nine of The Dream Job. Hi there, you're listening to Rune Landers. I'm Adam, your host and friendly neighborhood dungeon master. Now, before we begin, a couple of things. Runelanders contains adult content about as much as your average late evening premium cable series. We don't beat these topics over the head, and they're not in every episode, but they do exist as part of the setting, so we don't shy away from them when they come up either. Use your judgment. If that sort of thing isn't your bag, well then, this probably isn't the podcast for you. If, however, that is your sort of thing, well then... Dig, if you will, this fractured fable of a felonious fellowship's forays through the suave salons and sinister saloons of Byzantine Bailey Mina, the city of steel and steam. Thrill to the adventures of this criminal cadre as they climb to notoriety and beyond. Will they remain merely outlaws, or will they become true villains? Well, I could tell you, but it's more fun if we show you. We're the Runelanders. This is Rapscallion, so get ready, Runatics, and let's roll. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity and wits, they will all vanish, I promise. It's just a matter of time, so yeah. arrive at the head table and are shown to like the right hand of the hostess where you take your seats at the table she of course will be showing up last you are announced as you come through the violet be comtesse in waiting and general Khaladur, a master of spies the nameless assassin and his apprentice the handsome killer and you all take your places and There are name cards in front of your perfectly arranged eight-course meal dining set. You're sitting there as stone-faced as you can manage, feeling pretty good. It's definitely helping to keep me calm, keep the the calm face. Because there is the tiny, tiny part of her brain way at the back that's screaming how wrong this is and how she shouldn't be here and these are all very bad decisions it's so lovely here it is pretty great i'm not really that good of a dancer guess I'll just pretend. And eventually, the purple princess herself, the violet vicomtess, comes in and she is majestic. She's like classic and modern and avant-garde, but traditional. And Ziva, who had been, until now, the purplest person since Prince, Seems dressed in black and white as this awesome fae personality drifts into the room. She takes her place at the high table. And then 
Six doors open and six other Elder Fae enter the room. I need everybody to make a wisdom save. Calder rolls a natural one. Oh dear. I rolled a 21. I got a 16. 19. They are deathless and eternal. They are passions embodied and perfected over the course of millennia. They are chaos. They are raw, unbridled life. They are the most awesome and amazing things. And none of you can bear to, to look at them. And then Ziva stands up and she's like, ladies, gentlemen, over to you, Ziva. This is the Violet Vicontess. Please give your respect to her. And all of them take a knee. In fact, the whole room does as soon as Ziva says to. All of you, in fact, until the only one standing are the Vicomtesse Senior and Junior. She gives a very respectful curtsy and sits. The Senior Vicomtesse looks out over the expanded ballroom. And as you all raise your eyes from the floor and take your seats as well, you can see that out in the tables and, you know, there's, there's a dance floor that's out there somewhere amidst the tables, but... There are hundreds and hundreds of people here and all of them have station and all of them have rank and all of them have a reason to be here. And as the Vicomtesse looks out over all of the silent and expected faces, she cracks a smirk and draws a breath which she holds for a second and says, My friends, it has been long and long, a season of war this year, and so I think for the harvest's sake we should begin the night with feasting to put us in an amenable mood for the peace to come. So eat, drink, be merry, and let none hear. Hold ill the regard of another until the morning. And with that, she claps her hands, and then the band starts playing, and dinner is served. Now, let's check in with Bat and Tim. How are you now, boys? Where have you been? Stalking the shadows. Yeah, he's been stuck in the shadows. I am eating in the shadows. And by the shadows, I mean front and center. Okay, well, yeah, um, you actually piled your plate up and you were on your way back to the head table. And then, like, there was these girls and they were really pretty and they just thought that you were the coolest thing. And for whatever, anyway, long story short, they're hilarious and you're having the best time. And they keep bringing you food, right? Everybody's hanging out and fawning and everything you say they're laughing at. Man, this is great. What a good party. It's like just the really cool young people at this table. And they're all just like, it's really, I mean, you've heard about things like this. You uh, Uptown parties, right? But 
you were a copper penny. You never thought you'd see anything like this. And it turns out that this is a hell of a good time. Can you please make a wisdom save? 18. Until you look over and see Arabet standing, you know, by the shrimp ring. Or you think that Arabet's standing by the shrimp ring until you, like, you know, realize that he's not. You look over to your right, and there he is. Hey, Arabet. Yes. Your apprentice is quite distracted. And he's eating the food. By the handful. I'll step towards him. The distance suddenly gets really, really long, like you were probably 10 feet away when you noticed him at the table because you were just heading over that way before you're like, no, wait, that's Timothy? What? The so you take a wheel to go see him and suddenly you're on the other side of the buffet table. That's when he looks over and sees you. You take a step towards him and you're right next to him. I lean into his ear and whisper, Timothy, the game is afoot. Well, game? Timothy. What is that amazing smell? Arabet, roll a wisdom save. 19. Oh, God, it smells just like Delilah's hair. Except Delilah's in Bailey Mina and you're not in Bailey Mina. Miladies, my apprentice needs to follow me, if you don't mind. They all look over with great big anime-sized eyes that have slitted pupils and smile fang-toothedly and nod as they understand you are attached to the Violet Vicomtesse Jr. and not to be messed with. Timothy, come with me. Uh, uh, yes, sir. It's really thirsty, Tim. Wisdom save. Eight. So as you follow along with Arabet, like in close tow, you just reach over off a tray and gra grab a beer off a tray. Have a big, long chug of that as you go. Ah, that's better. Uh, oh, hey, good times. Yeah. wonder what Arabet's doing. Cool. Anyway, you keep following him, whatever he's up to. When we get to the, the tapestries on the wall, I pull them in close. You've been eating and drinking. It's a feast. This is a feast of illusion. The more you feast, the more you're in the illusion. Whoever this person is, Timothy, he has no face, and he is talking to you anyway. It's like two inset shadows where his eyes should be, and his jawline moves, but he has no mouth or nose features of any kind. Uh, I shouldn't be here. Sorry, I need to get back to the feast. Damn. Wisdom save with advantage, Timothy. Thirteen. No good, buddy. Sorry about that. So yeah, you you do have to get back to that party because 
really, whoever this person is, thank you very much, sir. But uh, you've got your table, right? Like, I mean, you've even got like by the time you get back, there's even like your your placard. It's your names at that table, you know. Handsome bachelor. So that's you, right? So you sit down, you have some more laughs, and you start drinking and having a good time with your buddies. And there's like lots of slapping on the back and pretty girls and that awesome perfume. Oh, the food here is amazing. Now, over to Calder. Calder? Yes? When you were a wyrmling, just a little newly hatched wyrmling, you met the head of house. The vast and potent black dragon. And you remember at that time how awesomely ancient and overwhelming it was the first and only time a dragon experiences dragon fear yeah 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 so for for me i feel like uh in every sense of the word looking at the violet the contest is a profoundly awesome experience until the last setting of the sun until the last autumn leaf there will always be the Violet Vicomtesse with her inscrutable schemes and infathomable beauty and awesome power. For the last 15 minutes, you've just sat there in amazement at her perfection. And now you can roll another wisdom save. Six on the die, eight total. You understand now, like you, you see her and you see like, unfathomable beauty and her big violet eyes and the sheer awesome majesty of her presence and how very much she is like can you make a insight check please Ooh, that was a little bit better uh 23 nope 24 Siva. she looks exactly like Siva. older much older. But she looks exactly like Ziva. Uh, I'm going to close my eyes. Uh, I have a sense that uh, while my clothes may seem real, this is the dream. And things are feeling awfully janky right now. So I'm just, uh, I'm exploring an idea. Then I will let you make that wisdom save again with I advantage. I didn't roll with advantage because I forgot. And I rolled a natural 20, my friend, on a single die. Once you, uh, once you blink it off and look at Ziva and remember Ziva, you know, the one you saw in your office the other morning with the melted mascara and her hair all over the fucking place, who Mrs. Underbarrow is pretty sure you're boning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, simpler times, eh? They're the same. They're, that's... That's the thing, right? Both of these are Ziva. The one dancing right now, though, like, your Ziva doesn't have that kind of grace. She's not that poised and adroit. Gotcha. Do I have any insight as to, I don't know, having a better understanding of what, what is actual here and what isn't, or is just everything dream all the time? 
you're not sure. Like this is, it's, it's, it, you're still reeling when a faceless man walks up and tugs at the sleeve of your coat. When you say faceless, do you mean unremarkable in any way whatsoever, or do you mean literally faceless? I mean, he must have one, right? Because he's talking to you and he knows your name. You just can't fucking make it out, man. I, uh, I, I, I'm clearly not listening and I squint and I say, hold on now, man. Who are you? Aramith. Really? And I'll put my hands on his shoulders. And then I look carefully at where his eyes should be. And slowly, incrementally, starting with the cold blue of his eyes, Arabet's face melts back onto the front of his head. The last thing to come on is his horrible scar, but materialize it does. I am Arabet. Ah, there you are. I lean in. Everything here is not as it seems, friend. <laughs> I know that. I haven't eaten a thing or drank a thing. I wished for nothing and dreamt nothing. And therefore, the dream has left me out. You know, Arabette, I don't say this very often, but at times you are quite wise. Scared. Not wise. Very scared. <laughs> well enough. I guess it'll do. What have you come here for? To remind you that those clothes are not real. My brow, my scaly brow furrows and I look down and I, I touch them. How do they feel, Adam? Material as anything. Are you certain? Oh. Just because they're there doesn't mean they're real. I'm going to, uh, very well, Arabet. I, uh, I trust you. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's conduct a little experiment. And I will fish out my, uh, monocle, and I'm going to cast the divination spell, detect magic, and, uh, take a look at my outfit. And uh, Sean hopes this piece of glass doesn't blow up in my face. Well, when you look at the cloth, it is composed entirely of magic, which has taken on the form of a cloth pattern or a, you know, a metal pattern or a leather pattern or whichever part of your outfit you yeah, happen yeah. to be looking at. Fascinating. My first thought is to share with Ziva. And I look up. She's still dancing with that jackass. Well, she seems to be quite the bell because there are like four gentlemen standing at corners waiting for her to pick one to dance with next. Right? Ugh. Fine. Well, I guess Arabet will have to do. Arabet. Look, I, I don't suppose looking would help you very much. Well, you're right. But... Only sort of. I, I suspect many answers here are going to feel like that. It is not real insofar as it is all magic. It is a, this is a sort of magic I've never, never seen before in that the illusion that I cast to give the appearance of clothes has manifest as actual clothes, but wholly constructed of 
thaumaturgical forces. Uh, I have no explanation for exactly what's happening here, other than it's like a dream. But Erebet, your your caution is most warranted, and I agree with you. We must be very careful. What we have to be careful of is being suckered into the story. When the Saurian Horde invaded Earth, our world had no interstellar travel of our own. The only way humanity could survive was by colonizing the Horde's vast and cavernous motherships, the Horde's land, and spreading out amongst the stars. While the grown-up refugees of Earth struggled through their ragtag bandages and blasters existence, there are a few children who took it upon themselves to sneak aboard these alien vessels to steal technology, carry news between worlds, and fight back these aliens, leading humanity into the future. These brave kids are known as Jump Rangers. Jump Rangers is a tabletop role-playing game about kid space commandos fighting for humanity's survival against an empire of giant alien dinosaurs. Get the free Jump Rangers core book today. That's right, 100% free and chock full of kid space commandos, adorable pets, alien dinosaurs, giant robots, transforming mecha planes, high-tech adventure gear, strange new worlds, and no parents. Get all of this for free today at patreon.com slash jumprangers. And as we say in the Jump Rangers, go high, go far. Okay, so it must be noted that the servants here are amazing. And speaking of servants, Ziva, that's fucking Jobsworth. Hey. What are you doing here? Might ask you the same thing. You, you were... The warlock of bloody Cairn, lady. And you? The Violet Vicomtus Junior. Right. Didn't I? All right. Would you like to dance? It's been a while. Sure. It's a waltz, Ziva, and funnily enough, your feet know exactly what to do, and the camera follows you and Jobsworth as you lock eyes in that polite, sort of cold kind of way. His are, like, really plain and so are his features, but he can dance. He's got his hand demurely on your hip, and he leads you around in a circle as you go. I see you've made your way in, love. But have you figured a way out yet? Not really, but I think we'll... I don't know. I was kind of hoping to get a chance to look around here, but it's been so busy. Well, we are doing circles. You should have a look while you can. Yeah, she'll kind of take a peek around the room while they're dancing. Okay. Ziva, this room is divided into six camps. 
while they are outwardly partying, you can see people are talking with very serious looks on their faces. You, the last person you look over to is where you remember sitting Arabet and seeing that he is not there, nor is Timothée. And with that, we're going to cut outside where a crimson-coated pixie gum, pixie soldier man goes sneaking in from his sentry post. Uh, once he reaches the outline, the out, the outer lines of the defensive or the siege position, he's uh, challenged by his fellows who recognize him and wave him in. And you know, as he approaches the guard line, there. Sorry, as he approaches the lines, the guards hold their crossbows and bolters out at him. And they kind of laugh as he's coming in because they're drunk. Everybody's drunk. It's a good time tonight. And so he drifts, you know, in towards the mess tent and then past that out to the front where there's the catapults. And as, he, you are, as you're passing the catapults, Nari, are you there? Hello. All right. So as you're passing the catapults, Nari, there's a halt. The fuck you think you're going? Who's who's this? Look you around. You turn around and there's this big puckish sergeant, his red coat, and he's swaggering along, and he is fucking drunk. Ah, oh, fuck, man! You know you're not supposed to be out here. The fuck are you doing out here, man? Urgent message for the general. From who? And he's swaggering up to you. From the colonel. From the colonel, eh? Why don't you just fly in, pixie boy? Fucks around with your wings. With that, he grabs your jacket from the front. Huh? He lifts you up and you can smell his fucking rotting teeth and his bad breath. He's got those big curling horns that ripple back from his forehead. And, like, you know, he pulls your face in close and, like, that rough-edged keratin of his horn material bumps your soft face skin and you know you you think he caught you but no there's no blood and he's huh what are you doing here he's not supposed to be out here huh? What's, what are you wearing it's scout's uniform and what are you doing in here are you supposed to be out on sentry you fucking message you did from the colonel the colonel's inside with the general so who the fuck are you man what are you doing around my position all right, I'm just going to fade presence this guy. Okay, so he drops you. He reels back. You stand up. You become big, tall, and majestic. But unfortunately, roll a dexterity save. Ooh, another natural 20. <laughs> All right. You manage to hold yourself up from falling into the cup of a uh, loaded cross, of a loaded catapult. Well... If the sergeant is all cowed properly, I'll tell him to now go and get the general. I'm sorry. Right away. So it is. Sorry, my lord. I, uh, I noticed it was you. Uh, uh, something's not right, though. Fuck are you, man? I don't know you. I don't want any trouble. He just kind of wanders off confused. Well, what's the, what's this catapult? Uh, it's, 
cocked but not uh, loaded yet? Nope. It actually appears like uh, it's a lot of work to cock them, right? So they just generally leave them cocked. It's also bad to dry fire them. So, yeah, it's it's not loaded because leaving them loaded is bad for the arm. Leaving them cocked is also bad for the arm, but not as bad as leaving them cocked and loaded. Hmm. And I assume this being a siege, it's aimed at the castle. Directly. Interesting. An interesting experiment occurs. The puck made a. The puck made a good point. Yeah, he asked why. Uh, why I'm not flying, and I don't think I have an adequate answer. So, you're the boogeyman, right? You've survived some pretty bad scrapes. There have been worse ideas. It is the dream. Well, I feel lucky. I've been, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had a little moment there with some wings. Let's see, uh, yeah. Let's see if I can uh, wiggle those wings up a little bit before I pull that lever. May I? Give her. The camera shifts then to Nari's changing features, which go from the you know, radiant fae lord that he had been to cow the puckish sergeant who had decided to assault him back into the mischievous grin that we all know and love as Nari Hulu. Placing himself onto the center of the cup, we see him shrug his coat forward and then flick his arm out and from his sleeve comes the tangle of thorns that we know is his thorn whip. Wrap around the handle, or the jerk, boom! He pulls the trigger. The camera slows then, like everything just slows down as Nari launches off. And as he flies through the air, we see him slowly shift, and his clothes along with him. And as he changes his form to manifest those dragonfly wings that he so recently wore, in his own, with his own face and physique, they start humming at the correct speed with a buzz as he smashes through the big round stained glass window at the top of the ballroom. Shards rain down, and there, sitting in air, held aloft by his madly vibrating wings, is Nari Hulu. With a wave, the shards are all dismissed. And he descends to the center of the ballroom, where the suitors, pulling back to draw out their weapons, which aren't there, watch him descend, right next to the violent V. Comtes Jr. Hey, Ziva. Yes? It's him. Is that... Is that really you? Ah, Ziva, you made it. Yes, about that... I fear it may be somewhat more complicated. But I think I'm me. We're here! And she runs up and just jumps on him and hugs him. We're all here. We all came to get you. I turn away from him. And I look at Arabet meaningfully. Arabette, 
you should probably go tell him. What do you want me to tell him? Look at me. Do you think he will recognize... Roger. Thank you. The ball is in full effect. People are dancing. The floor is in full motion. The Dowager Vicomtesse sits in her high chair, watching the crowd, her features covered with a fan, her violet eyes impassively watching. Nari escorts his sister off the dance floor back towards the head table where Calder is lurking in his coat. Arabet, you reach Nari before he reaches the table. Over to you. My lord. And I recognize him? Well, he is faceless, but when he opens his mouth and says, my lord, who's it going to be? Right, Nari, you're much better at this than they are. You've had years to practice. So, faceless. how many faceless men did you hang out with? Just the one. And there's the scar. Okay. Arabet, so good to see you again. How have you been? Well, well, well. I managed to open the lock to get us here. And my lord Calder himself managed to fix the mirror. Yes, where is the old chap? I expected him to be here with you. He is here. You just may not recognize him because he was hiding his true form from us all this time. Quite a trick. Yes, he had a magic belt. It allowed him to shift into an elven form from a dragon. A dragon? In Bailey Mina? Yes. A dragon in Bailimina. This is great, eh? The best parties in the Fae. I don't know about that. I've been avoiding all food and drink. Ah, wise precaution. If you're hungry, I can show you some tricks to make it safe. Here, let's find some bread and salt. If you can make it safe, I'm a starving. Well, come, come, please. Yes, I've been here long enough to know what's safe to eat and how to eat it. I'd be happy Speaking to of how to eat it, somebody who's been practicing all night. Timothy, your reverie is broken by the smashing of the window, and you manage to shake it off and see that your friends all have eyes that have slitted pupils and are the size of your average anime tune with great big fang-toothed smiles besides. what is happening? And then, like, the glamour reasserts itself, and they're all beautiful again, right? And everybody's having a good time, but you remembered that. You managed to hold yourself together. But uh, excuse yourself and make your way back to the head table. That is Nari. You're sure of it. Yeah, you just dreamed him a couple days ago. That's definitely him. He's even wearing the same suit. As this is going on, safe to eat? What? You didn't even think. Uh, hey. Ah, young Timothy. Um, sir, what's... What's up? Timothy, we came here to rescue Nari. 
Well, I understand that part. But who are these people? These these people? These are these are fairies. Most of them. Aren't you fairy? I've been wondering that quite a while, frankly. At least partly. Gentlemen. And who's and this? As you turn to see it, as you turn, there is a fellow who looks to you not exactly like Jobsworth. And uh, to the rest of you, someone like Jobsworth if Jobsworth had Nari's job. But you were dispatched. Indeed I was. Yes, we have a bit of an issue. I'm going to have to discuss some things with, well, I suppose all of you, but I think Ziva needs to hear this as well. Jobsworth, would you please accompany us? I'm not your servants anymore, Natty. If you'll recall, I left your service and entered that of the wall and entered that of the barony of Cairn. I've just come to let you know that since his grace notes your presence here, he will not be escaping with your life. It's good to see you all again, Arabet. Ziva, you look lovely. Timothy, good lad. Oh, fuck off telling me that shit. <laughs> Ziva gets a little bit of a grin hearing Timothy speak talk like that. That's a cheeky wee bugger you, eh, Tim? That's that Bailey mean spirit. Good luck, lad. But I don't think any of you are going to make it out of here. In fact, we've got you surrounded. So, good luck. And, uh, Nanny, once again, good run, mates, and goodbye. And with that, you know, he just kind of turns and walks back into the crowd, which parts just to let him go through and then closes again. And, and when the dancers move, he's gone, you know? It looks like it's going to be a fight. Yes, that is a bit worrying. Do you still want some food? Yes. Then we should probably get to that in a hurry. Follow me. And I'll go and find like the simplest, plainest, sort of like the, I don't know, like whatever bread and sort of pitas and hummus and whatever the food that they've got at the at the feast for the old people and uh, babies. The pita you find is the plainest, most unleavened, boringest pita ever. But the salt is what grounds it and makes it real and drops the glamour off it. And, uh, you know, when you take a bite of this, it's a little bit salty for bread, but, you know, it's just plain bread. And uh, right now, bet it's the best thing you've had in you don't know how long. So what makes this safe? The ritual. Bread and salt. They're foods of safety and protection, I believe. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yes, you have to be somewhat careful to follow some strict dietary laws while you're here, unless you want to be 
well, taken over, I suppose. Milord. Hello? Um, yes, Milord. Um, Grace, Grace would like to see you and your retinue now, sir. Ah, very good. It's Leave just us to her. We little. We little pisky, right? Little page pisky. They're not brainless here in the Fae, right? Back in Bailey Mina, they're just fucking human-shaped birds, right? They're not really smart. They can be trained to do things and, like, often are terribly devoted. They're... Anyway. But yes, they, this thing is not one of these mortal realm piskies. Uh leads you off to another room. It's a salon. And while the servants have made it ready and the door is open, you enter and there is only herself. Now, as you all enter this plush purple salon, um, I need you all to make... Er, sorry, can I get passive perception from all of you, please? Just to be clear, Adam, am I actually there? Yes. Passive perception? Mine's 11. Mine is also 11. Mine's 13. Mine's 16. Sean? Also 16. Timothy and Calder. That's the fish market on Hornbuckle Court at that window. Or you've never seen Bailey Mina in your life. As you walk into the office, where sits the beautiful Dowager Vicomtesse. Now, everybody else, it dawns on you instantly how very much she looks like Ziva. I will give her a very respectful greeting. Hmm. Hello, Ziva. Larry, do come in. Make yourselves comfortable, please. Yes. It's quite a party you've thrown, my lady. It is your birthdays, children. Don't you remember? Both of you born in the autumn. How did you know that? Oh, darling, I know much more about you. I know about your wagon trick. I know how you cheated your way into law school. Nay, I was so proud of you. I have watched you both with such great interest and pride. As only a grandmother could. Tea, darlings? Uh... Wait. What? Surely you must have put it together by now. If you haven't, you've been thinking on other things. I gave you such a brain, darling. And if not you, then surely your brother must know. I've been playing with him for years now. Tell me, do you like the gifts that Granny has given you? Your... Our... Grandmother? I am she, yes. Wait, we have the same dad? 
Oh, darling, of course you do. Your mother didn't she tell you? Well, yeah, but... I sent her my finest in the dream. Look at you both. You're so beautiful and you, Nari, with your new faces. Um, you've done so well. Thanks, Grandma. Your, your academic portion of the interview has been a smashing success. And now for the practical application. Um, natural law this time, I'm afraid, darling. I can't wait to see how you both do. Of course you'll have your friends. Uh, well, as soon as I hear natural that? law, I'm getting, uh, yeah, like hand on my sort of dagger hilt and looking around a little. There will be much more for your back and baby Mina. Should you survive, hurry back. I'll be waiting. And then there is just a big smile and violet eyes. And she is gone. And rags and tatters and violet scraps. And with that, there's a hammering at the door. I need you all to roll initiative. Okay. I got a natural 20. I'm at 24. I also got a natural 20. Uh, plus two. I got an eight. Well, you weren't expecting that, really, were you? I got a natural 20. What's your total? 24 as well. You guys can all fuck yourself. I'm at 13. 24. We'll start alphabetically and say, Arabetimity, you go first. Is the window still out on Fish Street? Yep. I point at the window to everyone. And I go and open it. There's a scre- there's a shrieking, screaming, awful noise as of like, you know, a million people wailing in abject fear when you open the window. You close it, the noise stops. You want us to go through the window? I don't think that's wise now. Yeah. The door flexes inward as there's another boom. Timothy, you're up. What do my surroundings look like right now? Like, practically speaking. Right now, this is a nice little salon, right? So there are couches and comfortable chairs, and there is a spot for a band to set up, and there's a band that... Like there's, there's a setup for a band there. Um, currently, you're in here alone. There are two doors entering the room, one of which seems to be being beaten on by somebody who is in an awful hurry to get in here. Uh, I'm going to throw a snare. I'm going to cast a snare on the door. Okay, so Timothy reaches into his pocket. He pulls out a piece of string. He ties it into a rough loop, and then stretches it between his fingers whispering low in color what you realize is gutter draconic it's the sort of thing the nigels speak when they don't think you're listening but here's timothy muttering these sonorous words as the string is consumed there is a flex in the weave of magic over by the door 
Activities spell fires. Ziva, you're up. Okay. She pulls the wand out of her hair and uh, mutter a few words uh, before she gets covered in this sort of shimmering glow. She's going to cast Mage Armor. And the shimmering glow kind of takes on sharp edges and plate-like facets. And for a moment, there's this this visible semi-opaque purple energy which coalesces around Ziva, which then turns completely clear. If you look at her from just the right angle, there's a, a slight, you know, purple phantom armor around her. But other than that, it's almost invisible. Next. So I'm going to make it over to Arabat. I'm going to say, brace yourself. I'm going to cast haste on him. Okay. Bet. Um, as Calder reaches out, as his hands get close to you, you see that they're visibly vibrating, um, blurring the lines, the outlines of his usual profile. How was your reaction to this? Uh, I trust him. He lays his hands on you, and suddenly there is a jolt. You can feel every muscle in your body just kind of like, <gasps> and then your pupils constrict almost to invisibility, and then snap back. Man, this is so finely tuned. It's slick, and the world is full of molasses. Everybody is moving more slowly than you. You gain the benefits of the haste spell. All right, so uh, just to remind you, Chris, until the spell ends, uh, your speed is doubled. You have plus two to AC. You have advantage on dexterity throws. You've got an extra action on each of your turns. That action can be used only to attack, dash, disengage, hide, or use an object. When it's done, though, you are going to be unable to move or take actions until the next turn of the wave of lethargy sweeps over you. Lovely. How long does it last? One minute, ten turns. Roger, Dodger. Okay, so it is as you like, as this jolt hits you, you reflexively whip around to face Caller. And uh, when you look back to the door, it explodes in in slow motion. And four red caps pile through it. Red caps, well, we have a moment. Stand about 40 inches tall on average. They have heads which look like footballs. If you took the stitches off and put them on one end, they have big, beady, lidless eyes, and they wear their red caps right down onto their snouts. So even though they probably do have noses under that red cloth, you'll never see them. When they open their mouth, the whole bottom of their face just opens up, and it's all just pointy needle teeth. And when a red cap smiles, their eyes glint with malice, even the nicest and most humane red cap is a cruel and inhuman thing. That's their action. Nari, you're up. All right. Well, is there like a head honcho of the red caps? Well, there just appear to be four of them standing all in a group uh, right about where Tim cast that spell a second ago. 
Well, I am going to viciously insult whichever one came in first. You know that was a pull door, right, you idiots? Vicious. And so that is 2d4 damage. Uh, three damage, and he's got disadvantage on any attacks or anything next turn. Tim, what's your spell DC again? Uh, 14. Okay, thanks. All right, so right after Nari drops that insult on the foremost red cap, you see these three little fey figures zip in behind the red caps. They're even smaller than the red caps, probably two feet tall. You're not sure, but they're moving at a good clip. Timothy, you also see these things, but not with Arabet's benefit of uh, dilated time. They just go zip, zip, zip. You manage to track them. Holy fuck, are they ever going fast? Top of the order for Arabet. Arabet, you see them clearly. These are quicklings. Bolters. Okay, take your shots. You have three red caps and three quicklings. So, draw my bolters and attack. Anyone in particular, or you just attack? I'm going after the quicklings. Okay, well, roll your attacks then. First one's a sneak, the second's a shot, right? Yeah. Very good then. Roll on. So, the first one's 24 to hit. Got him. Next one? 19 to hit. Now, are you taking shots at separate quicklings or the same quickling? Separate quicklings. All right, then you hit two of them as they go pouring in. So, as Calder lays his hands on Arabet, Arabet, like the shiver goes out of Calder's hands into Arabet's frame. Arabet turns around with his bolter, sees these quicklings come ripping in through the door before they can disappear behind the furniture. He takes two shots, clips the first two in line. Roll your damage, please. The first one takes uh, a whole lot of damage. Just a second. Oh my God. 33 points of damage. Okay, so the first one fucking explodes. The next? Takes nine. Well, let's just say that after, like, the, the, the first one goes, comes running in at speed. You lead him just enough. You get him right through the ears. The next one tries to stop, but your bolt catches it high in the chest, between the shoulder and the lung, and runs it right through. Spins around, falls over, tries to get up. He's having trouble. So the quicklings look like they're running at normal speed for him, eh? Yeah. So he just shoots him. But he just calmly shoots him. The rest you see him move like Neo. But... He even has the coat for it. Yeah. Uh, Third attack is 26. For how much damage? 11. Okay, so the first one comes peeling in, meets his messy demise with a bolt through the ears. The second one is caught high above the heart, but, you know, pierces his lung, pins him to the credenza. The third one, Arabet, turns his vicious first bolter on and just fucking shoots dead. The rest of you just see Arabet go with this bolter and 
kills three quicklings, dead as hell. Call her. Is that all the cookies? That's all of them. Like, you had the spell in hand, but then you put it on him and he just like exploded into lethal motion. Cold murdered three quicklings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've only ever cast it on kobolds before, right? Are there any loose items within my reach? All kinds. I'm just going to grab a random uh, goblet and just smash in one of the red caps. Roll your attack. 19. Hits. Uh, two damage. As you charge up, the red caps, the one that's blasted back by Nari's scathing insult, uh, another one beside him is lifted up off its feet, whereupon you drive a goblet into that one's eye because your snare fires. And then I'm going to go straight into a grapple on it. All right. So uh, you run up, you smash it with a goblet, open its face up, and then just grab hold of it around the neck. Just crush it. Go ahead. I only got a nine. Funnily enough, uh, it's probably just the way he's hanging in air there, but it's hard to get a grip on. Ziva? Hmm. So there's uh, there's some dead quicklings, right? There are three dead quicklings, two dead quicklings, <laughs> and one who is badly, badly, badly injured. I am going to point my wand at one of the dead quicklings. Okay. Well, there's the one who didn't get the one in the head. There's the other one that's just shot through the chest. Yeah. Uh, it's the most intact. There's one that's still dying and it's laying there and it's kind of reaching out. Yeah, it's that's like, no got good. this no. terrible anguished faces, but it's still alive. It's, it's the Patriot crawls over to it and like grabs it by the leg and it, it looks down and sees its, its, its fellow like, you know, like crawling over to it. It's like, oh, it's relieved and like reaches down, Patsy just crawling quickly on the head like, ah! and then when it looks up and the other one just like grabs it by the by the jacket, uh, grabs by the uniform jacket, and he tries to get away, but he can't. He's, he's flapping his wings and, you know, kicking his legs and can't move. And the zombie quickly just crawls up him and bites into his neck, and there's this little arterial spurt on the credenza. And Ziva is conducting this with her wand. Anybody see this? Oh, yeah, Calder sees it, and if, and if hey. I'd seen Fantasia, I'd be laughing. Make a wisdom save. I can see it, and I am so proud of my baby sister. You can. You don't have to make wisdom save, Mary. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't have a soul, so it's fine. Uh, is that a lawyer thing, or is that a fade thing? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I got yes. a total of 14. Okay, Calder, this is fucking horrible, but still, they're not real people, right? They're dreams, right? This isn't real. None of this is real. It's an illusion. When I, uh, it was horrible, but it's an illusion. When I remember this moment, I'll realize I'm mostly telling that to myself to convince myself. Yeah, you've never been good at lying to yourself. So this little skewered quickling raises itself up to its feet turns around on the red caps pulls the crossbow bolt through by the fletching 
and it's all just gory down the front. Next, your up caller. So, who is left in terms of there anything? are there are still four red caps in the door, one of whom uh, Timothy is trying unsuccessfully to strangle, and uh, three of whom are looking at Timothy like they about to kick the shit out, motherfucker. Fair enough. Um, is there anyone else near them? Nope, just them and Timothy in the nice little choke point of the door. Fair enough. Is Timothy actually choking him right now? He's trying. All right, I'll shout. Timothy, let him go. Oh, wow. We like him now, too. I will then cast a hypnotic pattern uh, at the door. Timothy will be in it. I'm going to uh, burn a, uh, a sorcery point and do it carefully, and uh, he will automatically make his save. What's your DC? Uh, 15. 18, 2, 11, 50. So I'm standing with my arms up, eyes rolled back. I hold a stick of incense out from an inside pocket, and I will uh, pulse a bit of electricity through it, and it'll flare up, glow, and fall to ash. And a large, scaly dragon will appear. They'll all look at it. So two of them will shake it off. Uh, two of them don't. Two are transfixed. The image of the dragon immediately vanishes, but the two that have fallen prey to my magics continue to sort of just be absolutely frozen in spot. All right, so the two that failed uh, become charmed for the duration. Uh, they're incapacitated and have a speed of zero. Uh, the spell will end uh, if uh, they take any damage or anyone else uh, shakes them uh, out of their stupor uh, or I break concentration uh, and I can do this for up to a minute. I need you to pick a number between one and four, Colder. A three. Then, James, I need you to roll a d4. One. Okay. So, two who failed their save, neither of them are the one that you're trying to choke. This is a good thing. Two of the remaining red caps go from looking at you like they're going to kick the shit out of you to looking over at the giant dragon banner display and like just cowering like awesome holy dread at this. The other one looks back at you and like, hey, wait a minute, he's beating up Earth. And with that, that one rolls an attack. And it's a natural 20, Timothy. Uh, which one of them had disadvantage? Roll, pick a number between one and four, Eric. Four. Roll a d4, Sean. One sec, sorry. One. Not the one who's attacking Timothy right now with the natural 20. Fair. I did it randomly, guys. No, so, yeah, no, I just, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, all right, so that's a natural 20. Timothy. Okay. Uh, does Timothy have inspiration? I have two fate die and dice and one inspiration, yes. Feels like this might not be a bad time to take advantage. I'm feeling mighty inspired to not get killed. <laughs> there is a moment there, Timothy, where you see it, and it's it's like Arabet explained it once, how everything will slow down. Like Once you know the rhythm of how things work, you can predict it. And so 
You'll know where they faint. You'll know where they want to actually commit the attack. You can just read it. It's a little bit of combat prescience, and it comes from just reading the rhythm of things. And there, once this red cap, you see him. He ticks his eyebrow a little, a little bit early, and you see that he's, the way that he's moving in, if you don't get out of the way, he's going to bring that foot up and cave your fucking head in. And so you get out of the way. Not today. Drag yourself out of the way as this red cap's iron boot goes to stomp a hole in your chest. You dance around him, spin around him with elegance and grace. What can I say? I had it covered. Nara, you're up. Uh, I'm looking past the red caps. Is there anyone else coming up the hallway? More red caps. And another quick question. Did I get my short rest in there with the uh, the bread and the salt? Yes, you did. Awesome. Why handicap you, right? That's the nice thing about only needing the short rests to recharge, right? So this red cap goes to stomp a hole through Timothy. Timothy gets out of the way. The remainder of the door is just ripped completely off the hinges. Right? Like the door itself just broken flew into bits, but there was still like the one half hanging on the two hinges. That's where Timothy was standing. He gets out of the way. This red cap just smashes it off the wall. It just like fucking into flinders as his big iron boot gouges a big chunk out of the wainscoting. Puts its foot down. Leave my clerk alone. And I'll Eldritch Eldritch blast him a couple of times. Earl. A natural 20 and a 16. Both hit. Oh, beauty. That's 20 on one and 10 on the other. I like this dice. Both shots going at the same red cap? Yeah, the one that's trying to mess up my clerk. Okay, so, Timothy, you spin out of the way. As you spin, you can feel there's a like a hole shot in the tail of your coat, and then like you turn the other way, and another blast of force takes one of the middle buttons off your waistcoat. Nari says something, you're not sure which. You're just too into the motion of it. And when you look back, the two red caps are still standing there, transfixed with Calder. But the third one is dead, and the fourth one is still hung up by your noose. What a mess. Top of the round, Arabat. So the opponents in the room are all incapacitated. So far, but there are more coming up the hallway. Can I move past these ones in the doorway? Well, sure can. It counts as difficult terrain. If you dash, you can get past them. Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, I'm going to dash. Okay, so as they're standing there, Arabet dashes and dodges past them, makes it through the wreckage of the broken door and into the hallway. Uh, you're in the hallway past the red caps. You can see there's another gang of red caps heading up the hallway. They're about 30 feet distant. I'll charge them with my rapier. All right, you... Uh, Head off down the hall. You head off down the hallway. The lead red cap also draws his sickle and charges you in the middle. He goes high. He goes low and off to the side. But bam, bam, bam! You parry him off. Your attack, Arabet. Uh, eighteen. Roll your damage. 
I do uh, 11 damage. It is a near thing, but this this red cap is a great with his sickle. He turns your attack aside almost as easily as you turn his. His four comrades coming up from behind, though. Uh-oh. Next up, Ziva. You're still in the room. There's two transfixed red caps and one who breaks free from Timothy's magic noose. Okay. Oh, the one that's broken free. I'm going to shoot a chill touch. Can trip at it. Ziva's purple mage armor solidifies around her right hand as she reaches out, grabs this little fucker by the throat, and rips him off the ground. Roll that attack. So is this from a distance? That is... 26 to hit? That gets him. Okay, so that's 10 damage. And then with my bonus action, I am commanding the zombie quickling to get over there and attack it as well. Ziva reaches out with their hand, which becomes encased in this, like, purple bone gauntlet. She just crushes. And then with a nod to her quickling, and the thing just goes... and takes off like a shot. Unfortunately, it uh, has to get through the other red caps. One of whom makes his save. Your little zombie quickling goes dashing in, but the red cap, who's just shaken off the hypnotic effect of the dragon illusion, sees this quick little zombie coming, reaches out and squashes his head. Then he re- then he picks up his sickle from where he dropped it on the ground and looks over at you and quirks an eyebrow. Kill me, zombie. Again. Is there... <laughs> That's a weird revenge killing. Um, is there uh, two <laughs> red caps left? Did I get that right? All right, then. I am definitely going to uh, concentrate, and I will shout out to Timothy. <clears throat> Hurry up and finish them. No need to tell me twice. That's it for me. Right. Back to Nari, then. So do I, I see Arabet charging in and uh, dueling, like trying to duel with all these guys down the hall, I guess, eh? Yep. Uh, how far away would you say busy within vicious mockery range that's only 60 feet yes yeah i'll just yell hey you've got something in your teeth and yeah all your damage four damage but it gives them the disadvantage ah your mother's panties oh <laughs> all right all right top of the round arabette out in the hallway this red cap duelist knows what he's doing you and he exchange a couple of shots and bounce off he holds his hand up so that his compatriots stand back. And you are standing there with your rapier in your hand. He gives you one of those big, broad, red cap grins. <laughs> You're out of it. Mm. I am. And you are? Oh. Mm. My name is Doyle. It's nice to finally meet you. I've had so much. That's a shame only one of us will be leaving here alive. And it won't be you, Arabat. I'm sorry to tell ya. Well, you know, I don't know about that. Let's see what you know then. 
natural 20. Uh, that's 11 damage plus doubled is 22. And my second attack is 26. All right, so you come at him heavy and you let him go. And your second attack is 26 to hit? Yep. And it does, uh, does another nine points of damage. Okay, so your first attack comes with the heat. And you like you know you sit there and he he swats it he swats it back and forth between you, that sickle it's it's vicious, and uh, you and he trade blows back and forth man he drops a shoulder and you barely get your wrist in front of it, you spin him off, and uh, finally you get a good telling swat, just missing the back of his long football head. However, uh, you know, it wins him. Obviously, he, he, he shook. He turns, um, and you open a long gash on his, like, what's evident of his cheek through his hood. Is that what you got this round? That's what I've got this round. <laughs> Off to Timothy. Alright, so clearly my first attempt didn't work out so well, so time for plan B. I'm going to uh, shocking grasp the red cap. Copper, let him have it, man. That's my boy. I got 19. That gets him. Only two damage. <laughs> Still, you spin around and smash him with your taser punch. Turns his head to the side and you can see it, it wakes him up and gets him onto you instead of Ziva. Well done. Next up, uh, speaking of Ziva. Well, he killed my zombie. So he's going to get... Yeah, we're going to do uh, another chill touch. Oh dear, that's a nine to hit. There's that flash from Timothy's back fist, and it just throws your aim for a second. Just like, you know, just that momentary blink, and uh, you reach out and you just miss him. You can feel your spectral hand close on nothing and the spell dissipate. And then my bonus action, my... I'm just gonna grumble about losing my zombie. You know what, Zeva? The headless corpse of the quickling gets back up to his feet, pops off the gas hearth and, you know, trips over a coffee table. <laughs> flutters, flutters a bit, feels around, starts walking around and rolls with disadvantage now. But take your bonus action. All right, I will command him to attack. Well, my best roll on that was an eight. The other one right. is one, so I have to take the lowest. Good try. So uh, it goes bumbling over and then and, and falls over a footstool. I feel like you fell into the fireplace. <laughs> it's not lit because there's another quickling pinned to it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're up, Calder. All right. Uh, anyone? Is there just one still? Um subject to hypnotic pattern right now still two. Oh, still two sorry i thought timothy tagged one. Oh, that was the, the one that was going after to see if i got it yeah uh i'm gonna yep. hold put 
and I'm going to be increasingly grumpy uh, and uh, uh, bark at Timothy. Any time now. Oh, back off! Nari, you're up. Grumpy dragon is so cute. Okay, so there's still the two red caps here in the room? Yes. Okay, each of them's getting an Eldritch Blast. Roll. Uh, that is 17 on each. Boom, boom. Roll your damage. Eight and eight. They seem to be rolling doubles. Good news, Arabet. The guy you're fighting uh, has disadvantage, I think. Uh, yep. Good, because I, I rolled a 24. Okay, well, that hits. Sweet, and I did 10 damage. I'm burning a fate die to re-roll this one. Very good, roll on. Total of 24 again. That gets him. And that's another nine points damage. It is the last thing that he does, but he does hit you. He was fucking good, Aravet. Really fucking good. You take two points of damage. Nobody would ever notice it. It is the faintest, Nick. But he left one for you, and, well, he was a fine duelist. Now there are three more behind him. I use my bonus action to disengage. All right, you slay their leader, and as they stand back and bunch up and prepare to charge you, you swirl your cloak in front of you, and when it drops, you are gone. Three remaining red caps set to kicking the shit out of your cloak. You go dashing back into the room where stands two red caps. You're approaching them from behind, but you won't get a chance to get them this round. Next is Timothy, still in the room. There's, you are still fighting the one who, is, look, who was looking at Ziva, and you now have its full attention. He's not looking to hail, but he picks up his sickle and takes a swing at you, which you bat aside. It's time for your attack, Tim. What are you doing? Plan A doesn't work. Plan B doesn't work. And I start casting a nice knife in my hand. It's time for plan C. Or I like to say, I see. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean you're stabbing him in character? I'm I'm sorry. I'll show myself. I'm cashing in a fade dice. I'm re-rolling this. Okay. Never mind. I just got a natural one. So speak of the dice gods. All right. Indeed. Um, Timothy, this red cap grabs you, and suddenly you are apart from the rest of the melee as he charges with you through, like, past the credenza over the... knocking over the stumbling headless zombie that Ziva's trying to control, uh, and across a Davenport, like, you're smashed down to the floor of this guy. He's on your chest, and he's... Pulled himself up, busts the balls up one of those thick knuckled fists and fucking clocks you one in the ear. Three points of damage. Ziva, 
You see this happen. Oh. Don't hurt him. Okay, chill, chill touch on this thing that's attacking to the All right, so you reach out again and feel your and feel your spectral fingers reach across the room. Hungry in the warm touch of fairy flesh. What's your roll? Uh, 12 plus 8 is 20. That hits. Roll your damage. 7. And 7. Ooh, 14 damage. Very good. And then, well, if, if my, I think my little zombie's about done by now, isn't he? I pout about my zombie. This dying quickling on the floor, sitting there trying to plug the big sucking chest wound and, you know, gagging blood all over the floor as the headless one collapses to its knees and then onto the stump of its neck. It's, it's quite fucking vulgar. Ziva reaches over onto the red cap, which is pounding fucking tar out of a, like, I mean, to his credit, he's not hurting you, Tim. Like, you've got a pretty good boxing defense up, but fuck, he's putting a pummeling on you. And then suddenly, there's like this awful crack noise and this spray on your forearms. And you look up, and this red cap's head's twisted at a weird angle, and Ziva just shoves it off, shoves him off onto the floor. Two left. I call to your up. Anyone for me to still uh, keep uh, hidden tight? Nope. Uh, and uh, what's in the room? Arabet's left the room in the next room, and I don't really have line of sight on him, right? He's coming back up the hall. You can see him behind the two red caps who are shaking off your illusion even now. Aha. Um, how far away am I from uh, the guys waking up? 20 feet. All right. I will move uh, 10 feet towards them. Now we'll cast uh, Lightning Lure at one. I don't really care which one. I guess the one closer to Timotei. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'll uh, I'll uh, punch up my shoulders and uh, do a, sort of a sweeping action and then a claw, and, uh, sort of a Khmer uh, action, and I'll uh, wrap them up uh, with uh, some lightning and hopefully uh, he'll uh, fail his strength save against 15. You reach back your hand, and when you snap it forward, you breathe through the arc of your hand and the lightning snaps from your grasp to grab the nearest one in a hall at 10 feet towards you. Roll your damage. 12. Well done. That's it for me. Very good. Is, uh, is Arabit back in the room out of the hallway yet? Not quite. The remaining fresh-ish red cap squares his sights on Calder charges and attacks alright my armor class is 14 14 natural 20 yikes there see you get him too and 16 did you say 60 damage no, I'm saying N16. Oh, two he, There are three of them, actually. 
they're all worth nine, but one's worth 18, so that is 36, my friends. Still standing. So one of these red caps shakes it off and attacks this dragon. Uh, there are, there, there is a lot of smashing back and forth because he, like, Caller does not want to get hit by this, and it is a near thing. It winds up with the red cap and Calder locked the, with the red cap and Calder locked at the wrists with uh, wrestling back and forth to see who can push the sickle into who, into whose face. Nari, you're up. Um, okay, so Arabet is still in the hallway, but now Calder is in, uh, in a melee with the uh, one of the red caps, eh? Yeah, oh, and, I, and I just got hammered. He just got his shit kicked. The one that he lured is uh, shaking off those effects, and you know we'll get him next round, maybe. But yeah, he just got shit hammered by the by by the one remaining red cap. I think this will call for uh, thorn whipping that bastard off of my buddy. Acrobatics check, yeah. I'm making, I'm doing an acrobatics check. Acrobatics would be 13. What's your spell DC, Mary? 15. Ooh, you got Timothy! Ah! Classic Nari. Do I, should I roll damage, or is that, like, I notice my mistake and don't push the Hawthorns yep. right in? Yep. You were casting. You gotta roll the damage. Eight. Take eight damage, Timothy. And move ten feet. Arabet. Timothy comes crashing past the door in a pile of vines. What the? Okay, uh, I go after the guy on the calder from behind. Good call. How are you going to do that? You want to shoot him? You're going to shoot him or are you going to stab him? I am going to stab him. All right. Roll your attack. As a sneak, please. That's 25 to hit. Got him. 28 points of damage. That's enough to get his full attention. Calder, this fucking red cap is going to kill you, and suddenly there is a black blur, Mm -hmm. and his attention is distracted. Uh, Somebody just pushes past you bodily. There is the feeling of a human-sized hand in the center of your chest. Pushing you back, you do a graceless back roll over a bar and uh, land on the moist tile behind the bar. You you collect yourself for a second. uh, You landed hard, smack the tops of your feet on the counter. You're fucking stinging, but uh, you're alive. Excellent. And my haste attack. Yeah, and your haste attack. 25 again to hit. That gets him. Uh, only eight damage. The, the strength of these fucking red caps, man. Like, you... you it, it, it's perfect. You, like, smash. You know, you know how he works now. You make him overextend himself. Swat his weapon out of his hand. When he turns up, you 
when he, when he reels back, open-chested, you, you're ready for the thrust, and you jam that sword in, but fuck, he catches your blade with his hand. So, like, yes, the tip of your blade pierces his breast, nails him to the floor, but just by sheer cussedness, that football stitch grin of the fucking cold yellow eyes, that red hood laying on the floor, and you're pushing on your rapier blade, and it's bending because the red cap has your blade still where it is. It's like, One hit point left. Just die. Timothy, you're up. Well, time for plan D for dagger. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. What did you get? It was only like two, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, wait, 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 wait. I rolled a one on my hit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, right. That's because Nari nailed you off your feet with a thorn whip. That's why you didn't get your spell off. Yeah, it's all not my fault. And that's all that matters. Certainly not your fault. It was uh, it's a comedy of errors. However, you are now in the hallway under a pile of vines. And uh, six iron boots have just walked across you. Take two more points of damage. They didn't see you under the cover of Nari's thorn whip vines, but these three red caps just walked right over you. You're behind them now. You can attack with advantage and make it a sneak. For plan D, dagger. Thank God it was advantage because I've got another natural one. It's um, 22. Got him. Now roll all that damage. 15. Oh, wait, 17. 17. Very good. Do you have any other extra attacks? Well, I mean, I'm going to take my bonus action to just grab him by the collar and just keep slamming on him. All right, very good. So you stab him a real good one and then just punch him one right in the center of his stupid face. Good shot. No, like, that's right. You're behind him. So as you rise up from the vines, the red gap rearmost turns around to catch your dagger in his neck and your fist in his face. Unfortunately, the dagger in the neck doesn't really bite, but the fist in the face knocks him flat in his ass. Good shot. Next is Ziva. So I'm still in the room? Yes, you are. What's left in the room? Well, three new red caps just burst in the door. There's one that's dying and one that's injured. Okay, so three of them burst in the door. Hmm. Timothy now stands up and goes to backstab one, but it turns around. The dagger skids off the red cap shoulder blade, but then Tim just sets it back on its ass with a stiff left-handed punch. So are they inside all the way inside the door? Yes. All right. I'm going to cast black tentacles. Okay. So 
Do you want to, or may I? Uh, she's going to cast it so that the tentacles uh, leave a little bit of space between, like, so that other people can get in the door. Uh, she's not, so she doesn't want to block the door with them. Uh, but she wants to get all three of the creatures, if possible. So Ziva pulls her wand. Ziva has pulled her wand out of her hair, right? That's not the only stick that's holding it up. However, as she starts to chant this spell, there is this deep eldritch tone to it. Um, it's nothing I can do with my voice because I can't get that high. And it's nothing, of course, that Ziva's player can do with hers because she can't get that low. It's a weird sort of timbre that not many people who don't speak magic can hit. But anyway, she starts to chant like this, and suddenly the other chopsticks leap out of Ziva's hair and arrange themselves in eldritch diagrams spinning in the air in a rough halo around her head. And all the while, her hair gets longer and longer and longer and creeps across the floor. And as her lovely violet eyes narrow, there her Beautiful purple hair has become voluminous. It's filling the room. It flows across the floor towards the door and reaches out to grab the red caps who have just burst in. Roll your attacks, Eva. Sorry, let me look up that spell one second. I posted it in the green room there. It's uh, ah, so thank you. They need to do a deck save. Oh, seven. Ha! You can't cast over seven, can you? No. Roll your deck. Roll your damage. Okay, so three, six, three, six, two. That's eleven. Yes, that's my turn, and the tentacles remain uh, at this point. Yes, they do. Bam bam. Oh, and they have to roll to not get restrained. The yeah, red yo. cap, the red cap, which had so been, which had been so bravely clinging to life, is snuffed by the inexorable approach of Ziva's hair. Uh, the other ones are engulfed by its volume, and uh, it starts to crush them. They hack at it with their sickles to no avail. Call her up. Uh, do I have full cover from behind the bar? Yes. Well, Adam, I would like to cast two spells. I do not have two actions. What I'd like to do is I'd like to cast uh, Cure Wounds on myself. I'd like to maybe blow a Fate Die to uh, cast Message to uh, whisper something to Aravet. Any chance you'll allow that? I'll allow you to cast the Whisper. You're not under attack right now. You can use the Cure next round. Fair enough. I will whisper to Arabet. Any moment now, you will not be able to move as the spell ends. Also, out of character, this is round five. Next round is round six, so that's when the haste will end. Thank you. Uh, Arabet can reply if he wants. He doesn't have to, though. Damn. Yeah, fair enough. Nari... So there's a, there's a big mass of tentacles full of uh, red caps. 
Yep, and they're all coming from your sister, who has lifted herself off the ground by them and is drifting over like a phantom. Sorry for taking liberties. I just thought that's the sort of things Eva would do. Oh, yeah, no, it's awesome. Also, with the hair bit and the whole tentacles in the first place, I couldn't resist. I hope you don't mind. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, we make, such a big de- we make such a big deal of Ziva's hair, right? How long is Yeah, Ziva's I might as well is? use it. It's fucking Evart's tentacles. Why not, right? <laughs> Chokes and fools. <laughs> right? Uh, how's the hallway behind? Like, uh, is there more people coming or is this it? Well, they've sent in eight red caps so far. So that should do it, really, for most purposes. Okay, so but but like there's not more like reinforcements pouring down the hall. Like not that you can see from where you are, no. These red caps are all wearing Kernish livery too. Sounds about right. Okay. Um and you said there's another door in the uh the room here, right? Yep. And a fireplace without a fire lit. That's right. Okay, well, it looks this like... Room, this room, for all intents and purposes... <laughs> this room, for all intents and purposes, appears to be in Bailey Mina. We should go through the window. Maybe. That smells a bit like a trap to me. I wonder... Out of the frying pan and into the flyer. Let's go. I was actually thinking something uh, exactly the opposite. Well... Sort of the opposite, into the fire and up the chimney, perhaps? Let's try the window. All right, I'll go over to the window and check it out. There's a beautiful street scene of Bailey Mina playing on the other side of the glass. When you go to open one of the panes that does, you slide the mechanism open and open the door to that horrible cacophonous wailing, but at the same time, there are still red caps fighting in Ziva's hair who are going to try to get out in a second. So, um, yeah, you go over to open the window, that shrieking follow, the shrieking fills the room, top of the round. And I'm going to be charitable, Arabet. This is your last round with any wind. You can feel the magic flagging, right, as reality and its sluggish pace grabs hold of you once more. You can feel those surly bonds of earth grabbing you and pulling you in its slow pedestrian pace. But you've got one more yet. Arabet, what do you do? Two, three red caps left. Bolters. After you, sir. You have advantage, and if you're within five feet, it's an autocrit. So you might just want to sneak all three of them. Why not? Think of equilibrium. The first one, I snag with a 24. You get them? Like just, are you rolling damage or to hit? That's to hit. No, you need to roll damage. You, re- you need to roll sneak damage, and you need to double it. First attack, 54. And they said there was no more coup de gras. You open the red cap, <laughs> you open the red cap up from ear to ear. He bleeds out quietly, defiantly, staring his hatred and admiration at you. 
The next one? 36. Likewise. The last one has been in the worst shape, yet still snaps at you as you come close to grab it by the hood. It is the last Another surviving 36. of the red caps. Another 36 damage? Yep. And you finish it off. Uh, Timothy, it is over now. The red caps are dead. Ziva, you can let the bodies out of your hair, and your hair leaks back to its normal length and uh, arranges itself in its beehive. Um, you're going to need to wash it. Ew. Gross. All right. Let's. I'm sorry, Ziva, but I think I'm going to throw up. And then Arabic pukes. <laughs> That's our grandma's rug. Oh yeah. Hey, go take let's take some expensive looking stuff while we're here. I am so proud of you. Runelanders was recorded live and curated by DM Mad Adam. All of the usual people played all of the usual roles, and you can find out more about who they are, who their characters are, and all the little Easter eggs that I scatter through these episodes by going to runewise.games. That's it, just runewise.games. Like what you hear? We'd love to know what you think. If you like us, tell your friends. If you don't, let us know why. You can leave us a comment at RuneWise.Games. Find us on Twitter at CastTheRunes. Send an email to RuneLanders at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at RuneLanders. Next time on RuneLanders, we're going to have some wicked awesome fun. You have to check it out. We're back in two weeks. We'll see you then. Until next time, take good care. <laughs>